Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Philosopher's Stone podcast again. Here we are again. We're doing it again. How are you, Sam? Sam Laboon's here. Uh, here again. Yep. Life happening again. Life is happening. Looking out my window again. Uh, what do you yep. see out your window currently? Um, uh, let's see. We got uh, the old intersection is happening. Let's see. We got the old oh. uh, usual suspects sitting at the bus stop. Nice, nice, we nice. got. Uh, it's always exciting having an intersection in view because you might see a live automobile accident. Oh man, I ha- I still haven't seen any automobile accidents here. When I lived in Taiwan, I saw, I think in one year, I saw four car accidents at the intersection. At the same intersection. Sorry, you cut out there. My internet is garbage. It's just garbage. What did you say? You lived in Taiwan and you witnessed many. Oh deaths? yeah. When, when I lived in uh, Taiwan, I also looked at an intersection, and I think I saw four accidents there in about Holy a year. Holy shit. Man, yeah. one of the most dangerous, <laughs> the most dangerous uh, intersections in, like, BC is in my city. And it has, like, uh, there was 122 accidents in 2022, apparently. Oh, the, man. Uh, guess which one it is. Uh, well, they're all along the highway, all the most dangerous oh. ones. Uh, Spall in 97? I think that's number two, actually. Ah. Uh, but number one is Dilworth and Harvey. Dilworth. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. 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 That's about Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right I read every day. That's like, I swear to God, every... <laughs> this, the world is going insane. But every day I open up my local news website and someone has been assaulted with a weapon of some last week. Yesterday it was a machete. The week before a guy got hit in the head with a skateboard on his way to work. In Kelowna? Uh, yeah. What? It's like the, there's so many random attacks d- downtown Kelowna now. It's insane. And this, the machete thing happened at, on Spall, which isn't even like Whoa. that down. I mean, it is downtown, but it's not like where you would normally associate there to be like, you know, sketchy behavior. But apparently a guy was just like, saw like 20 homeless people tearing apart bikes and he went across the street to take pictures to like show like, Hey, there's a fucking chop chop out in the open middle of the day. And a guy saw him with the camera and rode over on his BMX. Of course, there's like a fucking 35 year old on a BMX and mm-hmm. uh, whipped out a machete and like threatened to kill him. And then he ran. Oh my God. Anyways, and then, yeah, the day before that, it was, or not the day, but the, like last week, it was like, oh, I was just walking to work in the morning, and the guy just came up and hit me in the head with a skateboard. It's like, shit like that is just happening all the time. For the size of our city, there should not be this many assaults. No, uh, I don't even think there's that many in Toronto, to be honest. Dude, it's like, like, it's ran- literally almost, like that? almost daily random attacks. I mean, we're just, a, for whatever reason, our city is just a, a magnet for... Uh, you know, addicts and criminals. It's just so warm all year. Um, it's so mean, much it's easier. Not, still, we still have a winter. Like if people could still freeze to death in this town. It's not yeah, like they, that's true. They should keep going south if that's the goal. But do you need to be a citizen to be homeless <laughs> <laughs> in the states? Definitely. I mean, not. <laughs> I'm guessing there is a lot of people going down there. If what I hear about like uh, L.A. right now is like a mini. I mean, a major. What's the word? L.A. is like a giant Kelowna, as in they have an insane uh, homeless encampment. Yeah. 
So we had like this rail trail, which is like we're all like, you know, you're supposed to be able to run down it and like take your family on bike rides down the rail trail and it can take you through the whole city and you can stop near all these like breweries and stuff. And there's like a section of the rail trail that is completely like the territory of the vagabonds. Like you have that stretches like you've got to you got to ride your bike through that at your own risk. Oh, yeah, I think that's near. um, Yeah, the rail trail. Yeah, I was walking down the rail trail and I saw like all these. uh, Yeah, like tents and stuff. Yeah. So I decided I'll just get across the street and walk on the it other looks, side. It feels like you're on. <laughs> it feels like you're on Nice Tastings in Vancouver, but for whatever reason, it's 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 also like it seems way more dangerous. Like we get the most, <laughs> we get the the violent drug addicts uh, in our city. Um, in Kelowna, eh? yeah. So I don't know. Just uh, watching the world slowly slide into a state of degradation and flawlessness. <laughs> Who cares? Who fucking cares? Um, any thoughts on the? Uh, well, let's talk, Sam. Let's talk about first of all the submarine. Do you have any comments on that? Because that seemed to capture every few years. We get like a news story that captures the imagination of the of the masses. And uh, before ah, yes. this one, the last time I could think of something like this happening was the Thai soccer team getting trapped in the cave that was oh huge. like an aquatic disaster kind of yeah. thing yeah well just a, like a a multi-day event disaster event involving a small amount of people a relative oh, small okay people, yeah you know okay that's then, a good point yeah and then people like you know kind of checking their the news every day to see what happened that type of thing yeah like are they gonna make it are they gonna survive yes yes and i and that's yeah when something like that happens as a comedian that's like all you hear about at the open mics until the issue is resolved because <laughs> i remember it was like yeah oh man it was, it was like that with um, the soccer team and it's certainly been like that with the submarine the submarine has a real <laughs> element of comedy to it though but yeah, yeah I, th- I thought you were going to say the the Will Smith slap was the last big thing that sort of captured the world's attention. But see, that was that was uh, like that. The whole occurrence happened so fast. It wasn't one of those that things. Was over. Where, yeah, yeah people, <laughs> people weren't on the edge of their seats for days. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, this is different. This is yeah, this is one of those things where you're checking it all the time. Yeah. Like, are they going to make it? And yes. then you hear people like, and I will say, I, had, I heard like, a few I good. I was actually worried there was going to be nonstop submarine yeah. jokes, but there was a couple good ones. That I was happy that people said. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear anyone do submarine jokes. Surprisingly. I don't think really. No, I mean, quite... I feel like, I don't know. I found, I found it hard to sometimes to do current events jokes because as soon as they happen, like the, all the obvious jokes get made like so quickly. Yeah, yeah, and like if they're not, they aren't being told on stage. They've already been typed out in a comment section. Like there's yes, no chance exactly. of coming at it with a fresh angle. No, so I no, agree with yeah. you. That's why I like. I also avoid it just because I know it's like every single person is going to be touching on this subject if it's a huge news yes. story, and I just don't want to yeah. like the chances of me having the funniest take on it is uh, very low. Very Lower low. than. Yeah. The submarine when it didn't blow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, oh, man. yeah. What do you say about crazy. this? There's so much. Uh, uh, what was the other thing I mentioned? There was so much chatter about this. Um, yeah. From people comparing it to people comparing the amount of attention that this got to the like lack of attention that uh, 
like a migrant boat sinking would get. Yes. Um, where way more people die, for example. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. I like I heard that sentiment a lot too, but it's also like the situations, like unfortunately the migrant boat capsizing and a bunch of them dying is like not really uh, news in the sense that it's not novel. It is an, a, a horrific regular occurrence. And yeah, that's it's the old uh, the old saying like uh, dog dog bites men is like a you know that's it's a it's a bad thing if a dog bites a man but it's not going to run in the newspaper. But yeah. if a man bites a dog, that's in the newspaper. Exactly because it's so weird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. I heard a I saw I don't know if any of this is true. Obviously, I don't actually do a shit ton of research on anything, but I try to use my common sense. I saw someone kind of be like. There actually is like a massive uh, program with a huge budget dedicated to helping migrant people on sketchy boat rides to survive. Mm -hmm. So for people saying that the government doesn't do anything, take any action for that is not valid. It's just not covered on the news. And Mm -hmm. let's be honest, it's, it's this, the thing where it's when it's foreign people dying, people don't care as much as when it's, you know, people, that are in the citizens of the media outlets, essentially the same. Yeah. I mean, there, there have been, uh, the New York times did a story about, uh, in Greece where they had some evidence that the Greek, I don't know which like agency it was, but some Greek government agency was actually like taking, they weren't shooting down the boats, Mm -hmm. but they would take people out to sea in boats and then leave them there. (laughs) That is fucked. That is yeah. super, super fucked up. Wow. But it, wow, yeah, Greece. But... I thought you were better than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, the media attention is mostly because it's novel. and yeah. It's, well, it's but... also like the story of it, it got juicier when it came out that like the guy, the CEO, like uh, kind of blew past some safety regulations and you know, this could have been yeah. avoided and stuff like that. So yeah, there were some other interesting, interesting, interesting aspects about the people involved. Um, yeah. I mean, the fucking video game controller alone was kind of a funny, like almost South Park like. I was I saw, funny. Yeah. Although I heard that they actually do use those in some. Like, I heard that subs. too. I heard it's yeah. not that unusual. Um, it's just funny because they use the off brand. Like the Logitech. The op- yeah, they didn't actually use a real PS3 yeah, controller. <laughs> they use the one that's more likely to break down or to yeah, break. The shitty off-brand one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy, he was a uh, a libertarian. And so he's like a big believer in less government regulation. Mm. And uh, this is a direct quote from him, actually. So this is a quote from the CEO. Where he said, a quote, I think it was U.S. Army General Douglas MacArthur who said, you're remembered for the rules you break. And you know, Rush added, I've broken some rules to make this. <laughs> <laughs> Manifest destiny. Uh, this guy, I mean, he's he proved his own words right in a completely horrific and ironic way, which yeah. is comedy, really. Yeah, it's there's like a a business philosophy, like an entrepreneurial philosophy where you're supposed to move fast and break things because mm-hmm. 
And it's like, it's no mistake that he took a quote from a general who said that. You remembered for the rules you break from a general. Yeah. Because. Fail fast. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I think like, it's like a businessman, business people, they view business as like a war against other businesses. Yeah. Where if you do, you have to get your product to market first and faster so that you can dominate the, the market share and all that sort of thing. You know, it's funny you mentioned that we are just currently, we are watching uh, the show Succession in my household. Oh, um, yeah. Like episode popular. four or something. And uh, yeah, they that's corporation against corporation warfare, essentially. Yeah. And that can be good sometimes for the consumer if it, if competition yields like better products, better prices, but that's not good for the consumer. If you're diving on a, on a submarine that is not tested. (laughs) It's always when the, it's when the corporation's war comes at the, the cost of innocent lives. Yeah. And he, they were using the, the tests, the, like the dives to the Titanic. Those were the tests. Like every time, like they didn't actually like test this thing on 50 dives before they went commercial with it. Like as many times as they used it, like that was like the next, like they didn't, it's like a train, like before passengers can actually get on a train, they have to run it for like years worth of tests to see how the structure holds up after, you know, years of use. Yeah. Whereas the sub, they hadn't done that kind of testing on it. So they didn't actually even know what was going to happen on the next dive because they didn't know how all the stresses had been building up in their oh my weird, God. like alloy of carbon fiber and as if titanium. like the being essentially crushed by the ocean every dive hasn't like weakened any any anything about the structure yeah. at all I, and i, I think from what I, from what I read, anyways I exactly let's move on what do we uh carbon oh, fibers could... and aerospace material and just diving again and again and again over time weakened it and they didn't replace parts it was the same sub every time oh my god dude it's almost like (laughs) i mean i feel bad for the uh passengers especially like the young kid uh, he's like 19 or whatever i kind of feel bad because everybody is hating on them because they were rich but i think only one of them was a billionaire right um yeah, I don't know a lot about the the passengers, but I do know you you do have to be very wealthy to be on that sub. I think it's two hundred fifty grand a ticket. Uh, I guess it was a, what I'm saying is I'm glad I would I would I'm glad. <laughs> how do I say this? It would <laughs> suck to know that this is the world reaction to your death. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yes. Ignoble Darwin Awards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I, I want to know. I want to wonder like. Because you feel like people like with that kind of money, they could get a second opinion on whether or not this was safe. And it sounds like a lot of the world's experts on this knew this company, knew this guy, and they all thought that this was going to happen. Yeah, I that's what I've heard too. It's like anyone that knew anything about submersibles and, and deep sea diving, we're not going to get on this thing. Yeah, so it's like, if you got a ticket for this, maybe you had you m- may have had to have been a little reckless. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily make make people blameworthy. I don't think because 
I mean, they might have just been people that they don't worry about things going wrong very often because they've been wealthy their whole lives and things have not gone wrong very often for them. Maybe they're just like, they just kind of assume everything's going to work out because everything's been easy. I mean, yeah, they probably literally thought like, there's no way that it could be this expensive if it wasn't really safe. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the logic. Yeah, Yeah, me either. Okay, do we have something to talk? Oh, do you want? Did you want to say anything about the uh, Russia coup attempt? Uh oh, yeah, that was interesting. Eh? I followed that a lot. Um, yeah, what a so, fucking weird end to that. Yeah, really weird, eh? Russia's strange. Russia is a uh, political. Like I've been listening to this, and like it may be worth talking about because it's like a political, maybe political philosophy kind of, but. Um, Russia doesn't seem like it's very similar to like Canada or like the Russian military system. It seems really weird compared to the Canadian or like the American system where it seems like it's kind of like a personality contest. Right. Or something. I don't, I don't really know what's going on, but uh, from, from what I, from what I listened to today, the original plan was for the head of the Wagner mercenaries to capture or like kidnap the like top two generals in the Russian army. Ah, but they got tipped off somehow and fled the city before he could get there. So he, in a desperation move, I guess, realizing that his game had been figured out, did this, uh, blitz on Moscow. Um, and then, uh, Apparently he's in Belarus now, but he, but now it's coming out that he also had support from the top, uh, like aerospace general who hasn't, who is now under arrest in Russia. Oh man, things are not going well over there. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting because right. You've got this, uh, you've got this war that totally failed mm-hmm. and the, the goal of the war was to stop Ukraine from joining NATO. And so now that the war has started, Ukraine can't join NATO while the war is ongoing, pretty much. Right. Because that would automatically trigger Article 5. It would just be a shit show. What so happens as long as the war... Article 5 is triggered? Essentially the end of the world? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think, I don't think so. Um, but just, just to... Uh, but now, so now, as long as the as the war keeps going, Ukraine can't join NATO. So that goal is accomplished as long as the war continues. And the only way for the war to continue, like indefinitely, is for it to be like this stupid, bloody stalemate. Right. Um, and I think, I think the Wagner guy, and I think that's like kind of like maybe that might be the policy goal at this point is just keep this on a slow burn. So that Ukraine can never join NATO and is always sort of bleeding. I mean, they're going to do like how, I mean, how long is the longest war ever lasted? <laughs> like, What are they I mean, hoping for here? I don't know. But like, I think, but I think though, is like this Prigozhin guy wanted, because there are people in Russia who are more hawk than Putin and they really want to not, they really want to like push this war harder. 
Yeah. And I think Prigozhin and the aerospace guy were like these hawk types who didn't, who do not like this like slow burn attrition thing. And they want to just smash it all. And uh, that's not going to happen anymore. But uh, so I think it's, it just means this war is just going to keep going on indefinitely for decades, maybe. That is crazy. Um, well, I'm glad I'm not over there. Holy shit. Okay, let's move on. Let's get into the lesson. What are we talking about today? So, um, so there's new, this is kind of like a news day. <laughs> this is like a news, news, news day episode. Um, That's fine. So there's been, I'm uh, fine with some that. So what did you say? You, in the you know what's happening search. is the internet, like you're, you're cutting out and then like, you're, I'm not hearing your voice and then I'm hearing everything you said really like sped up yeah. form. It's weird. So apologies, apologies if the flow of the conversation is awkward, Sam. What did you say as far That's as okay. when you said, movie said um, it's news day. We're talking about something else in the news. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, there have been, uh, some, there's like up, there's updates on the, the scientific and philosophical search for consciousness. Oh, damn. Yeah. Where's those so, headlines? I want to see that. Um, you got to go to singularityhub.com. <laughs> okay. Everybody go uh, there. Let's read along. Yeah. Uh, so, so, the, so, uh, the study of consciousness, if you'll recall, there's, uh, this is maybe the big, the big, the big, one of the big mysteries in science that we don't know a lot about is, uh, like how, what parts of the brain is the so-called the seat of consciousness. So like what, how does, where, where in the brain does consciousness happen? And that's known as the, the easy problem of consciousness is figuring out like how it all works. Um, how does the brain like, uh, coordinate an image of a tree with a memory that I have of a tree. And then how does, how do I shift my attention from one thing to another? Those are all the easy problems. And then the, and those are what this update is about. These easy problems. Okay. So this is all like neuroscientists. The hard problem then. The hard problem. (laughs) The hard problem again is, uh, why do the processes give rise to consciousness? Why do the purely physical processes uh, give rise to qualia? So, right, qualia—that's the one. Qualia yeah, is that qualia. word. It makes me feel weird when I say it. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. So, like, why does a strawberry qualia, have a taste? Qualia, qualia, and quoleka. Those are both. Quoleka. 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 Is that what's called? It's the Kahlua? birds have no birds. What birds <laughs> used to shit and piss at them. And just what like, you know yeah. the technical term for a bird's ass? Quileka. It's not an ass. It's wait, birds don't have butts. What are you talking about? Birds have a quileka, <laughs> which is like an ass, a dick, and a, um, a vagina all in one. I think it's a good way to describe. <laughs> I mean, not a vagina. It's it's. It's just a, it's a one whole, all traffic goes through it. That's what I'm saying. That's what a quilt is. But that's different than qualia. Qualia makes me feel weird as in like, there's like spiders crawling on my brain. This 
click clea thing makes me feel pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. Birds are disgusting. Yeah. Um yeah, so so those yeah, those are the two problems, the easy problem and the hard problem. Um so the hard problem, the news in the search for the hard problem is that there still is no news. Um there was recently a bet, a bet was made by or no, I think this bet was made um 25 years ago. And it was made between the philosopher David Chalmers and a neuroscientist. And yeah, so the it was 25 years ago, and they, they made a bet that within 25 years, um, the philosopher said within 25 years, they will not have solved the hard problem of consciousness. And the yeah. neuroscientist said they would have solved or they would have like made a big, huge advance on the hard problem. Uh, and so, so the bet is over, and the philosopher won. <laughs> wow, that's disappointing. Yeah, Bill Clinton won. Was the president at the time? Wow, this is a while ago. And uh, yeah, so this bet was made between Christoph Koch, who worked with. Uh, Francis Crick, one of the founders of DNA. So he's a pretty big guy. Damn. Discoverers of DNA. Sorry, not founders. He found <laughs> DNA. He found it. Found he didn't, it. <laughs> he, didn't, he, didn't found, he found it. He didn't found it. You know? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and David Chalmers, who's uh, the philosopher who came up with the hard problem idea. So Chalmers is ahead on this bet. They still don't have one. Uh, so here we've got, so here, so let's look at this news Okay, from, for news. finding, cause the first step, maybe the, probably the first step maybe to finding the answer to the hard problem is to solve the easy problem yeah. and try and find somewhere in the brain where you can say, look, that part of the brain, when that part's on, you're conscious. And when that part's off, you're not conscious. Let's look at, let's study that part. Yeah. I mean, how do you fucking figure this out already? Give me a scanner. <laughs> Give me an MRI machine. I'll figure it out. What would your, uh, how would you, before we, we talk about their studies for how they've tried to design experiments to find this, how would you design an experiment to see if someone was, con to find consciousness in the brain? How would I do it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> first of all, I'd see if dogs can smell consciousness or not. And then I double blind. A, a well Placebo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I don't have. I don't have enough brain power. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty ridiculous when you know. start thinking Isn't about how so hard this funny is to study. My, my brain fails to have the ability to describe itself. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> it really is weird. But uh, so here's here's kind of like these two uh, these two experiments. Or like these two, there's two competing theories about where consciousness is. Mm -hmm. And to make it brutally simple, one theory is that it's in the front of the brain and one theory is that it's in the back of the brain. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's like, that's their theory. So the front of the brain is called the prefrontal cortex. And this is like the uh, executive function part of the brain. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where 
you like process them like emotions and memories and all these sorts of things are like coming together in this part of the brain. And this part of the brain, the theory is the consciousness theory is that this part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, when you uh, pay attention to something and uh, think about it, this part of the brain generates uh, consciousness. And it does that by combining your sensory inputs with memories and with emotions, and then quote unquote, broadcasting that uh, across the brain. Okay. So that's their theory. And they study this in by, yeah, basically putting people in MRIs and having them look at things. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to do. Yeah. And this is actually where they, uh, so you've, you've seen like how the, like we talked about how like AI is looking and is, can see a scan of someone's brain and then predict what image they would see. Yeah. This is from consciousness research, or this is used in, this is being used in consciousness research. And so they scan these brains of people who are like paying attention to things. And then they compare these scans with people who are not paying attention to anything. Mm -hmm. And they try to suss out between the two different people, like two, the two different sort of subjects where one is, you know, actively paying attention to things and the other one is not paying attention, maybe even like comatose or partially comatose. And they try to look at the, try to find the neural circuit that maybe like seems to go away as you lose consciousness. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a lot more complicated because then what? Like, it's not that simple because obviously, like, the first thought I would have would be like, all right, take someone who's unconscious, scan their brain, take someone who's conscious, scan their brain, and just fucking point out the differences. And there you go. That's your spot. Duh, yeah. idiots. Duh, found it. Yeah. <laughs> spot the difference. Next <laughs> <Not hard>. Yeah. <laughs> it's this shiny part right yeah. here. That's yeah. business. Move, next the, the problem with... Next question. Hard problem? No, thanks. Mm. Yeah. This, the problem with this is that there's no way to look at a physical activity and tell if it was causing consciousness or not, because they all look the same. So when you compare two scans of people and you see like, oh, like maybe this one, when they were conscious, their brain lit up like this, but then when they're not conscious, their brain lights up like that. So therefore everything in the, everything that's not lighting up like the difference is where the the consciousness is, but you That's can't really know thinking. that for sure. But you, yeah. But the th like the problem is you don't you don't know that because when you because when someone's unconscious, almost all the brain activity, a lot of the brain activity is gone. Yeah. Like when you're in a in a when you're really not conscious, like like not dreaming, for example, um, the brain activity is like not not very not a lot of it so you can't just like switch it on and off and see what the difference is shit, oh, shit. i'm out of ideas <laughs> so yeah so they're so the other uh the other group i think everyone has pretty much the same like way of trying to study it by by like comparing these people who are on mris and then they Sometimes they give them like xenon or like, like some uh, some gas that just makes you un go unconscious, and then study them. 
Speaking of studies, just a side note here. I signed up for a clinical trial. Uh, Ooh. Um, in Kelowna here. I saw an ad. Are you listening? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. God, my internet sucks. Anyways, I signed up for, it was a, um, a study to see if you can uh, take someone to, if you can use psilocybin therapy to stop someone from wanting to drink alcohol. And I was like, I'll do that. So I uh, <laughs> filled out the application and then they like sent me back a questionnaire. They're like, email, I'm emailing back and forth with them. And then they're like, all right, uh, a couple more questions. Have you had uh, psychedelics before? I said yes, and then they say how much, and I told them all the psychedelics I've done in the last year, and they're like, uh, "We're kind of looking for someone who has not had uh, frequent heavy psychedelic doses uh, to do this." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay, sorry." It's a shame because they were going to pay me. They were going to pay me. I mean, to clearly they mushrooms. haven't worked on you. <laughs> Almost, almost had the dream job. Well, I mean, like, anyway. they can't. How, how could they? Like, clearly, taking mushrooms hasn't caused you not to want to drink, though, right? Ah, uh, I keep you keep oh, cutting okay. out. You keep cutting out for like whole sentences, and then I then you come back in. I have no idea what you just asked. So uh, I was, was going to say no, no, that's fine. Um, I was going to say, uh, like, clearly taking mushrooms has not stopped you from wanting to drink. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I would be under the guidance of two therapists and we would discuss the not drinking part the entire time. It's not like I'm going to take a bunch of mushrooms, go out in the woods and play with bugs and then come home and be like, I don't want to drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I hey, think yeah, they were no, kind of looking for someone. That's getting who a would... lot of ground in uh, psychedelics. Yeah, they were looking for people that drank way more and had way less experience with psychedelics. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, those people need it. Yeah, didn't quite fit the mold. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the first uh, seed of consciousness theory, is that it's in the front of the brain. The front of the brain is like this workshop where your senses and your memories and your emotions all get combined, and then it, quote unquote, broadcasts this across your brain. So this is, this is interesting, um, interesting theory. This theory has been around for a long time in a lot of different formulations as a, uh, as a theory for the seat of consciousness, not a new idea. The newer sort of like bad boy theory on the scene and by newer, I mean, it's (laughs) yeah. by newer, I think it's probably like probably 20 years old at this point. Um, but uh sexy badass theory sorry cut it breaks all the rules this is the one that says you're remembered for the The sexy badass theory yeah (laughs) this is the the titanic of theories um (laughs) this one the titan man ah I'm the the hubris of that is just insane. Anyway, um, <laughs> that whole story is like it is just like fucking Icarus. It's the story well, uh, of Icarus. Man, like the, James Cameron's interview about it was perfect because he was like, "This is like," he's like, "It's literally the same thing happening again." It's a ship that's untested with a captain who was warned not to do it, who does it anyway, 
everybody dies at the same exact place. Yeah. Just just I insane. Mean, just insane. Ah, all right. Sorry for that digression. Truth is stranger than fiction type mm-hmm. scenarios. I mean, if you just look Indeed. at the state of the world and what's happening, it seems so bizarre and unlikely to be what's reality. Like if you just described everything that's happening in the world to someone 20 years ago, they would have slapped you in the face and told you stop being such a goofball. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So let's get back to this and then, um, and then maybe, I don't know if we have, and then there's one more news thing that we can talk about. All right. We have 24 uh, minutes. So let's go. All right. So the other, the newer theory and kind of like interesting for some other reasons, but this is called the integrated information theory. And this says that the seat of consciousness is actually in the back of the brain. So the back of the brain, what's there? Well, there is a, uh, there is a grid-like framework of neurons that are all very interconnected at the back of your brain. And through these studies where they sort of study people as they emerge from consciousness and be, and then go back into unconsciousness, mm-hmm. they have found that, uh, like this zone of the brain gets, you know, really active right when, uh, that initial stage of consciousness happens. So their theory is that this grid like framework sparks, uh, conscious awareness of all of the information coming into your brain. So when you're not conscious, you are not getting, you're not aware of sensory information. You are not aware of memories. You're not aware of emotions. Those, that information is still there, but it isn't being integrated into your brain. So the only way for you to become conscious is for that information to be integrated into the brain. Right. And so that happens when this grid-like network at the back sort of turns on. Is there a name for this grid-like network? Um, I have it in, 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 in the article in quotation ca- calls it a quote unquote hot zone, but, uh, oh. I think zone. like, yeah, it's, uh, the hot zone. Um, because when they're talking about like these part quote unquote parts of the brain, it's, uh, it's not exactly like opening like the hood of a car and there are distinct like parts that you can visually separate and tell the, the difference from. Yeah, the brain looks pretty much the same through and through. It's just mm-hmm. areas of it are activated and interacting with each other in all sorts of different ways. So it's it's kind of like a network rather than a part, I guess you could say. But right, um, but there is still the medulla oblongata. That is still a thing, right? Oh yeah, the medulla oblongata, the uh, oma plata. Uh, <laughs> oh, <Plata. laughs> pretty sure that's a choke or something. Yeah, that's something else. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as the medulla oblongata is still there, because that's the only really the only the only two words I remember from all my schooling. Yeah, uh, medulla oblongata. The uh, per perineal is that what it's called? Pineal, pineal, pineal gland. Pineal. Pineal gland. Pineal. Pineal, right? Pineal gland. The, what's the one that the starts one. with an H? The, the hum, uh, 
Hamongonga. <laughs> is your pineal gland really part of your brain, or is I thought it was just like a gland that was like kind of chilling under your brain that wasn't really part? Yeah, of Yeah, you're probably right. It's I don't think it's actually part of your brain. I don't know. Maybe I don't fucking know. Anyways, continue. Continue with the actual good information. Yeah. So, so the uh, the big news is that they did a big trial where they combined these. They they took both of these theories, a bunch of neutral labs took these two theories and tested them. And according to the tests, the integrated information theory seems to be uh, the more accurate one. So basically it's, it's the same kind of test where they, they put people in, in an MRI, they look at images, and here's the big difference. The, the front of the brain theory says that for you to be conscious, you have to be actively thinking about something and paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. Consciousness doesn't turn on if you're passive. Right. But the, the other theory, the integrated information theory, is different. You don't need to actively pay attention to something with the front of your brain to have consciousness of it as long so, as the back of your brain is active right which it is active even if you're just passively looking at something the back of your brain will be active because a lot of times so, i'm just staring i'm just staring into space but i'm still conscious like i'm not thinking about anything i'm looking at i'm not thinking about anything that's in, quote unquote i don't know why i said that uh going into my senses like uh, Sensory data is not paying a playing a role when I'm just daydreaming, really. Yeah, uh, and I think, yeah, part of it is it is is going to be like, uh, yeah, part of it is not like passive in the sense that you're completely and utterly zoned out, but passive in the sense that you're not really like thinking about what you're looking at like daydreaming like you said that kind of thing mm -hmm. but even daydreaming you're that might be a little too active because the front of your brain is going to be engaged while you're daydreaming um i guess if something breaks you out of your daydream that sensory input being yeah. absorbed right so okay yeah yeah exactly yeah so and the way they study this is pretty pretty wild they like they take participants' brains and scan them, and then they create like almost like a digital version of that brain, and then they study that digital version of the brain with an algorithm and one of these AI things. Mm -hmm. That like they train the algorithm on the person's brain to like predict what the brain is going to do, and and so the. Uh, the global theory, the front of the brain theory, the data is, uh, sorry, I think I got it wrong. Don't apologize to me. What are you saying? I thought, I think you might've cut out again. Oh, sorry. All right. Um, so the algorithm has to look through the people's like all the noise of the, the person's brain signals that's going on yeah. sort of like decode these, try and find the pattern to predict 
what image the person saw. So if you can if you can predict what image a person saw based on what their brain pattern was at a particular time, then you then you are in a sense sort of like locating a conscious experience in the brain in a sense. Yeah. yeah. But if it it should only work but if they not if they're not seeing anything, if they're not conscious of anything, then the algorithm won't be able to find that activity in the the brain signal data and it won't be able to make the picture. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Like if if the algorithm is looking in the right place, like say they set the algorithm to look at the front of the brain. Yeah. Comb through the data from the front of the brain and uh, find if someone is conscious and predict what image the person person is uh, looking at. Or like check the back of the brain and see what image they're looking at. So the algorithm would only be able to, and then they and then they would compare like which uh, which place it was found in. So the algorithm could not decode signals for passive and active tasks unless they were from the back of the brain. So the signals from the front of the brain were not, they could not predict from the signals from the front of the brain what image the person was looking at, but they could predict it from looking at the back of the brain. Okay, so the back of the brain wins, right? Game over. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's never, it's never over so fast. This was a big study, but it's just one, and they need to do it a lot more. And sometimes, is that, is that and so, and it, it could depend on the algorithm too. Like some of the algorithms, you know, are better at finding it from the front of the brain than they are from the back. It's not totally like cut and dry. Damn it! But if if anything, it seems to suggest that um, <laughs> there might be two sides to the consciousness story, and one side might be in the front of the brain, and one side might be on the back of the brain, and it might be that the whole brain is doing it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Actually, the whole brain is where consciousness is. Yeah. So, but, but your lymph node. It's a lymph node. Yeah. But while, while, while it is kind of like, you can think of it kind of like, uh, this happens a lot in science where you have two competing theories and everyone involved, all the really, all like the, the credible people involved know that neither theory is probably a hundred percent correct and the truth is somewhere in the middle. But to do good science, you keep pushing your theory and testing your theory. And in so doing, you cut out all the stuff from your theory is wrong and bring it closer to to what's right. And so like one group is like looking for it really hard in the back, one's looking for it really hard in the front. Neither of them are going to find it where they're looking for it, but together they're they're going to find something. Well, who's checking the middle? Has anyone checked the middle yet? <laughs> the midbrain. It, yeah, that's a good point. No one talks about the that. midbrain. No, no one talks about the midbrain. Yeah. It's, it's, um, <laughs> there's a lot of traffic there. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of traffic. Um, what do you think? Say they find out exactly what consciousness is, where it is, 
how it comes to be. Uh, the the qual the qualia. They understand what a qualia is <laughs> and the qualia of everything. Uh-huh. How is that going to affect uh, anything or anyone? Well, that's a good question. Um, that is a really good question. Ah, where to start on that? Um, <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Should have asked you that when we have five or ten, uh, five to seven minutes left. Oh, we can burn that. We let's wrap up. Let's end the episode with this. Okay. Um, so, well, think think about it like this: like on the one hand, it might not change anything because it may turn out that, uh, for example, something like panpsychism is true, and that everything is conscious already and like just it and finding out how the brain does it doesn't really it's not like groundbreaking because everything is conscious right but it might turn out that like we look in the brain and we find uh we find that like for some reason we discover that only neurons are capable of making consciousness like only a brain like an organic brain can make consciousness well, then that might mean that uh, we never have to worry about whether or not an artificial intelligence is conscious or or whether an alien being from another planet without a, a brain like ours is conscious. It'll just make it a lot easier to exterminate things that aren't like us. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it might, like on the other hand, like, like for example, f- suppose you could figure out exactly what it is about the brain that makes someone conscious. You could then go and study all the animals in the world and all the insects in the world and study their brains. And maybe you could confidently say, these ones aren't conscious. Do with them as you like. (laughs) See, it's all about finding the uh, guiltless acts of violence we can get away with. (laughs) That's what the whole study's about. (laughs) I mean, that's probably... Are the animals you can torture to death at your will and not feel any guilt? And these ones, you have to not do that. That's the whole goal of the entire uh, project. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, and then maybe like, maybe one of the more interesting possibilities is that they discover that it's not anything. This is getting into the hard problem, but suppose like through studying the easy problem, they discover that there's nothing special about uh, neurons for generating consciousness. It's actually the way the neurons interact with each other that generates consciousness and the way they integrate information. As long as you can recreate that specific way they interact with things that aren't neurons, it's probably, it might still be conscious, right? That's the implication. Exactly. Yeah. That's the functionalism conclusion is that consciousness would be, multiply realizable you could you could create consciousness across multiple different uh substrates so artificial intelligence could maybe we could make it conscious um aliens without brains like ours could still be conscious um that would be another big outcome and then and then as for technology if you can figure out where how people become conscious of information that they're receiving into their brain you could figure out ways to transmit information from one person to another uh, across brains with like a brain transmitting chip or something. 
and you could like telepathize with people. And that's what Elon Musk has said he wants to do. Why? Um, (laughs) That sounds so annoying. Money. I already get way too many people. Control. Thought control. Every day because of social Um, media. Yeah, he has said he wants he wants it to be free for anyone who wants one. Well, that's just creepy, and also super creepy. Oh my god! Good luck getting the the, uh, fundamentalists on board for that one. Uh, Actually, he probably could because he just yeah he could. Donald Trump says it's good. And then they'll be like, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, The last thing I want is people to have access to the last place I know they can't get to unless I let them. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolute insanity. um, And and should not be. He wants this to happen. Yeah. He's doing Neuralink. You know what Neuralink is? Yeah. And he's not the only one working on stuff like that too. Right. No, because I mean, there's like, well, think about it. Like, you literally turn the, a person into a, a software product. Why are more people not upset about this? Because people love Elon Musk. Well, <laughs> I fucking man, if if the inside of his like, if being hooked up to the neural network is just like a constant feed of truth social coming at you, I I think there's going to be a lot of suicides in the next couple decades but you're gonna have to listen to ads while you hang yourself so someone's getting a profit (laughs) (laughs) it plays one more ad as you're and you can't (laughs) you keep trying to kill yourself and then an ad starts you have to stop and listen to my favorite song while i die (laughs) right before the chorus there's just like a fuck I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> Commercial for adult diapers. <clears throat> Damn. Well, that's terrifying. Would you opt in? Yeah. What would it take to convince you to get something like that installed in your head? What would the what would have to be the benefit? Oh my god. Um, well, I would do it if it was something like a, if it was something like having like a phone number or something or like a an address or like a health card, like you'd have to do it to continue functioning in society. Like that's, that might be the only thing I would do, but I don't know. Something like that is so, so invasive that I feel like you might really get like a schism happening on the planet earth. Oh yeah. I think that would be a real evolutionary divergence. Did you see the schism between the cyborgs and the the purists? (laughs) (laughs) That, I mean, if that's a sign of what the separation, I would get it if it was literally the benefits were essentially it will automatically repair any ailments in your body or any damage. That's totally different. That Then that's something where it's like, yeah, for health reasons, that's amazing. I yeah. would do that. Yeah. I don't think that's what Neuralink is going to do, though. Although they, they did get a guy. No, to he, he wants Twitter in your brain. I don't, I've never had a Twitter. I've never had a Twitter. It seems to be very important to a lot of people. Oh my god, it's insane! It's uh, for a lot of people, it's like their uh, what do you call it? Um, not like an affirmation, an affirmation maybe, or it's like their thing that they do that makes them feel feel good and gives them a buzz. Well, it's fucked. Feel hurt. I, I know the, yeah. you, the crazy thing about the internet is there's only like a very small percentage of people that actually interact with it, and the vast majority of people only look at stuff on the internet they don't comment they don't post they don't write things for it and 
that's terrifying because there's like a tiny little portion of the population that's very active and they're usually the ones that are like have narcissistic tendencies oh, that are posting every single day their opinions are the ones that are getting like sucked into the zeitgeist like like i think there was like some crazy like 90 percent of people that use the internet do not actually interact with it as in they don't make an account and start posting and leave comments anywhere that just lurkers essentially 90 percent of us are just lurkers yeah anyways yeah, that, that's me for we're out of time Lurk. we are out of time <laughs> i uh apologize if this conversation sounds disjointed because i think i might have only actually gotten about 70 percent of what sam was saying through my headphones so apologize that's okay um i think it's all the smoke you think the smoke is interfering with the 5g i think so yeah well i think i just <laughs> I have really shitty internet service at my house because we're constantly having to yeah, I don't know. deal with it anyways the boonies, right yeah anyways. that's our episode this week <laughs> we'll talk to you next week maybe we'll see <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.